If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubenville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in VCU Productions in studio in Nashville, Tennessee. Tyler is not with us today. He's on the road, but we do have another baseball great. Mm. But before we get to him, let's introduce, as always at the table, my good friend, the LinkedIn Whisperer, uh, one of the calming forces to our show, John Byers. John's wearing a shirt today that's got uh, bicycles and not baseballs. Blew it. You blew that, but we'll yeah. talk about that here in just a second. We are the GOAT Consulting Podcast. We serve it up in a way that you can get it. In our 20s, they teach us to get in a game. In our 30s, they teach us to move up in the game. In our 40s, we try to stay in the game because those 30-year-olds are so damn good. In our 50s, what the research is, we finally ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? In sports, GOATs are easy to see. They're recognized for their greatness. They elevate the play of those around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy and creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And speaking of energy, there is mm-hmm. definitely a new kind of energy with the, with our friend and our guest today in the house, uh, Randy Hooth, who, who led Nolensville. Yes. Little League to to the promised land, not once, but twice, and, and uh, has an incredible story of baseball and success, mm. not just here nationally, but internationally, all the way with the Shanghai Beavers, and uh, we're excited to have you here today. And uh, I'm Third gonna time's let, a charm. I'm going to let John, as Randy, as you say, I'm going to let John blow out the candles, smell the roses and blow out the candles. So, John, <laughs> you, you do one or the other, either smell them or blow them out. Well, I may do some of both. We'll see. But thank you for getting us, uh, getting us <laughs> launched here. Um, just a little bit about Randy before uh, we turn it over to him, former Clarksville, Tennessee radio host, business owner. Uh, one of my favorite things about him is he was the coach this year, was, is the last two years for our very own Nolensville Little League team and, and led them to number two in the U.S., number four in the entire universe, as I would put it. Um, and as as Colby mentioned, I mean, no stranger to baseball on his own has just uh, got plenty of experience. We're going to garner all the pearls of wisdom from him today. One of my favorite things, um, I'm not on Instagram, but our friend Randy is. And of course, in doing a little bit of background, I, I wanted, I was compelled to tell our audience, number one, follow this guy because he's fantastic. But then also the title on Instagram says, my life is like magic wrapped in awesome and dipped in chocolate. <laughs> Bar owner, glass cutter, radio host, entrepreneur, stepdad, and ninja. And yet, I know something about you that's not in that Instagram uh, title, and that is that you are also a very prominent, world-renowned, burnt-hand candle. <laughs> maker that's true that's true <laughs> why is that not in the instagram title i don't know man maybe i need to edit it and, um, 
Instead of dipped in chocolate, dipped in wax. Yeah. But maybe that touches too close to home, touches too close to home. Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm definitely a candle maker. <laughs> so we're going to talk all about that today. And I, I feel like, like the, the level of, of just energy, good energy, calmness yeah. changed. Like as soon as I saw Randy, like at the door, like it just, like it, it just was, I can't even describe it. I'm failing completely to yeah. describe just the level of anxiety that was, that was released from me. I mean, when, in the introduction, when I screwed it up twice, he came over and put, put his arm around me and, <laughs> and, you know, just like talking to a pitcher, which I've never been. I mean, in my experience in my, in little league baseball lasted about two games, but, uh, I felt that calmness and certainly appreciate that. Now you see the pressure that John puts me under all the time <laughs> as I got to launch this thing each time. Randy, it's so good to have you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I really am happy to be here. Well, we've got a lot to unpack uh, together today. And uh, before we do, I mean, we, f- we feel like there are certain things that that give us more insight than all the great insight out there. The fact that you're a ninja and your life is wrapped in awesome and dipped in chocolate. We want to we add one more layer of that or maybe peel back one more layer of the yeah. Randy Hooth uh, onion, if you will. Give us an i give us an idea when you think to your childhood. Which what's one of your favorite childhood memories? Oh man, there's so many, but most of mine involve baseball. You know, I love playing little league baseball. My dad was a coach for all those years. Uh, and where was that? In, in Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay. So my dad was a little league coach for over 40 years. So um, wow. I got yeah. So I got the um, I got he coached even before I was born. So when when I was uh, three years old, he, I used to beg him to go. Could I go to the baseball field with him? And and people would always ask me. Said. Well, well, what team do you play for? And I was too young to play, and I would say, I don't play, I'm a coach. <laughs> so at three years old, I was already telling people were. I was a coach. I love it. So I'm guessing, that without knowing your dad, I'm guessing probably some of what you, what, what I've described as you coming in here today and what I know of you from the, the series and the last two years, I'm guessing some of that comes from what he's taught you growing up. Oh, I love it. Yeah, all of it. Every, you know, every everything about my baseball career is comes from him. So, uh, you know, he passed away in 2018. Uh, we actually that year I was the head coach, and we went to the region and lost in the region um, to a good team from Georgia that ended up losing to Hawaii in the championship. But um, so, uh, but while I was at the region, that was when he was real sick and in the hospital, and and I got a call that I needed to come home right away, and I and I said, uh, you know, Dad, there's no way Dad would want me to come home. Uh, he, this is our dream, you know, we're almost there. Mm. And, uh, and I, he ended up, he passed away two weeks after that region tournament ended. I got back home and I got to spend the next two weeks talking about that region tournament. And, uh, but he said, if you'd have come home, I'd have killed you. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, most of my memories, uh, my childhood memories are all based around baseball and hanging out with my dad. So fast forward. And, you know, one of the things that we believe is that, that 80% of life's defining moments happen before age 35. Is there one moment that stands out to you in your career that you say, this is it, this is what set me on the trajectory to be able to do the things that I do? You know, I don't know if there's one specific thing, um, but I think uh, seeing my father as uh, he was such a good leader, he, his, his thing was he could take a bunch of misfits and make them do good things, whether it was, yeah. you know, his career, he, he managed Kmart's for 36 years, and mm-hmm. uh, he could take it all over, and, and he could take a group of misfits and, get them focused on one goal and, and turn them into something good. And that's kind of what a coach does, yeah. you know, and, and that's where I get, that's where all that's derived from is my dad. So 
And what season are you in, in coaching Little League Baseball? My 21st. 21st year. Wow. Yeah, my 21st. My 20th, I made it to Little League World Series for the first time, you know. Uh, so, you know, before my dad passed away, he, he said that there were two things. Um, he said, you got to make me two promises. And I said, well, what was that? And the first one, he said, you got to make sure you take care of my mom, which that's a handful. Um, and then the other thing he said is, I want my ashes put at, at the Little League World Series. So, oh, wow. Uh, so I never thought that I would be able to actually huh. do that. I thought I'd go there as a fan and be able to put, you know, dump the ashes in the grass or something. But at the Lily World Series, I actually uh, called time after the very first pitch of the game on, on ESPN and went out there and put his ashes on the mound. This year? Yeah, both years. Both years I did it. Wow. Yeah. This, uh, so th- this year they cool. did a full story about it. Mm. But uh, So I went out there and got to put his ashes on the field. So my dad's part of that field forever. Unbelievable. Yeah, pretty cool. Man, that's so cool. I, I would imagine that there's probably um, many lessons that you've gathered, which I think we're going to get more into as as our conversation kind of evolves here. Which, by the way, um, if, if you – of all the places you can watch, listen to podcasts, if you're watching, you will see that uh, Randy came with gifts. We've got a, a ball from the series. It looks like it's a used ball. Yeah, that's a game ball. And it is signed by the team, which is incredible. Uh, thank you for this. And then even, uh, may, I don't know which is more cool, but some dirt from the field. That's Lamedy Stadium. That's the, the Little League Stadium that you've seen for all those, for 75 years. You know, um, you've yeah. seen that field on television with some of the greatest moments in baseball history have happened on that field, especially in youth sports. So, What does this mean to you? Like, I imagine this is so, you know, meaningful for you and with your history, your childhood, your dad's 40 years, your 21 years. I mean, yeah. You know, my little jar of dirt like that is one of my most prized possessions. So that's how much it means to me. And and I actually shared it with you. So, Well, when you look at kids uh, from when you first started 21 years ago to today and you coach those kids, is it is it the same group of kids? Is it the same kind of kids, but just different kids that come through? Or have you seen generational changes? What are the changes you've seen? There's one thing that really doesn't change is that 12-year-olds are 12-year-olds. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're the same every year, year out. Same problems, same funny. Yeah. Same energy. You know, the the change is with the parents. Yeah. That's what's changed. Ooh, let's talk about that. The parents, you know, the parents... You know, the parents get get harder and harder to deal with, and and I was I'm very fortunate that the past two years, we've had such a good group of parents, and that's what kind of feeds that whole thing. That the train doesn't move without a good set of parents mm. and their commitment level, because you have to get kids all over the place. It is a very expensive, it's a very long commitment, um, and and I've been very fortunate the past two years to have a really really quality set of set of sets two sets of parents. It can't be a coincidence that the last two years in which you have gone to the to the series and had a great set of parents. There's no coincidence. I mean, obviously, there's so much more to it. It has to come together. But that's got to be, as you said, I mean, that feeds the whole thing, right? I Absolutely. Mean, I think, you know, the first thing is you got to have a lot of talent. I mean, you got to have kids that can play. Sure. You know, and but on top of that, you can't just have the best players with without the commitment level from their families. Um, and sometimes the best players don't necessarily fit well into a team atmosphere. So you that, you got to put all that together, and, and when you do, you get something special, and I think that you can see that. Mm. It's like Alabama. Yeah, well, I knew you'd probably go there. <laughs> Are um, you an Alabama fan? Yeah. I'm from Mobile. They're not current <laughs> national champions, though. Uh, but That's true. They have seen that before. I'm originally from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we're both Georgia fans. Yeah. Um, 
My son, has, my oldest, has a visit there this weekend, actually. Which one? Alabama? First, no, no, come on. <laughs> um, I told him there are certain places I can't write the check for, and that's probably one of them. So, uh, Randy, let me ask you, one of the ways that we honor our guests is we have all of our guests give us their own definition of a GOAT. And I cannot wait to hear what yours, what yours would be. What is your Randy Hooth's definition that has built for many, 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 many years so many experiences, how would you define a GOAT or the greatest of all time? I think legacy uh, is, is the main word to think there. And for me, um, you know, I'm, the reason that I coach is to carry on the legacy of my father. You know, it's a tribute to him. But when I think about what my legacy will be is, is the kids that played for me, how did they become? What kind of people are they now? You know, did they continue to play baseball because I made them love the game more? Or did they quit the game of baseball because I made them not like it? You know, I want my legacy to be kids to continue to play as long as they could and had fun for as long as they could, whether it was all the way to the professional level or whether it was one, you know, the year that we were together. Um, and, and what kind of people they became. So I think if you have a good legacy, that's what the GOAT is. Well, that goes with what we've always talked about the GOAT, right? I mean, you, you've taken what you've learned and gathered and you're making it better. Right, and you have not only hopes to make it better, but then perpetuate that onto those that you're coaching and loving sure. on. Sure, I mean, you, you know, a lot of people think of the goat as a statistical thing because of sports, and, and I'm I'm part of sports, so you, you know, making it two years in a row that does put me in a category, uh, a, a very very small fraternity of coaches that have ever made it back to back years. There's only been twenty ever. I was the twenty first. Wow. You know, there's never been a U.S. coach to make it three years in a row. So that would definitely statistically put me in, in a category uh, th that's at the very top, um, which which would be an honor. And it would take a lot, and we're going to give it a go, you because know, you, you never know. But, uh, you know, statistically, I don't know if I'm – if you could say that, that I'm the GOAT, but I'm definitely in the, in the category with a bunch of really, really, really high-level coaches in Little League. Yeah. You're, you're definitely in the, in the farm. Can you share – who would your GOAT be? GOAT – whether and you can, it can be a person, it can be a place, it can be a thing. I mean, we've had all kinds of goats on the show over the ninety episodes or what, whatever that we've done. Yeah. Who is Randy Hoos goat, or what, or when? Well, if, you know, as a child, childhood, my childhood hero, who I thought was the greatest of all time, was I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan, and I thought Dale Murphy was the greatest player mm. of all time. Amen. Um, and I, I, I hate that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think that he definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. For sure. Not only because of his stats. Uh, he just played five years too long. If he'd have quit after, you know, early 90s instead of continuing to play for the Rockies and the Phillies, he would probably be in the Hall of Fame. But uh, his character definitely shines through, too. He's such a good guy. And I think that they need more people like him in the Hall of Fame. Um, from, a, from a personal aspect, that goes my father. Sure. You know, he's the greatest Little League coach of all time. And I'll, I'll you know, I – I truly, truly believe that. So, do you find do you find the way that you build relationships with with generations being different with the way you approach a relationship with a twelve year old at in, in two thousand versus two thousand ten versus two thousand twenty? Um, do you, do you see differences in that? Uh, no, because you know twelve year olds are twelve year olds, man. You know, they, some of the things change. You know, video games, TV, computers, cell phones. Now 12, 12 year olds have cell phones. You know that yeah. ten years ago that. they didn't have that. Yeah. You know, twelve year olds have social media. They have TikToks. You know that, that kind of stuff. Whether they're supposed to or not, they do. Sure. Um, so that's something, and they also have access 
to more information than they would ever need. Yeah. Whereas before that, kids didn't. They didn't have the knowledge of all that's good in the world, but also all that's bad in the world too. So you gotta you have to put up with a little bit of that. But you know, they're still twelve. They're still twelve year olds. And my approach is always: I'm not the yelling. I'm not the rah rah guy. Um, I'm the calm. Yeah. Uh, I listen. Listen to kids. Yeah. You know, I talk to them. I have real conversations with them. I don't just point and say go. Um, so I learn about them, and, and that's always been my strategy is to get to know the kids uh, and, and know how each one of them ticks and what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. And so every one of them is treated different. You know, you, you people always say that you have to treat everybody equally. Well, that's not true. No, it's You have not. to treat everybody fair. Yeah. You know, and fair does not always mean equal. No. Um, so as long as you're fair, then, then you can feel good about it at the end of the day. And um, my way with kids is – I listen a lot, um, for better or for worse. I hear some things that I never want to hear, and I hear some things that make me laugh. I hear some things that make me cry, you know. But uh, I listen a lot to those kids, and I try to to give them or fill the gaps, especially in a baseball way that, that those kids need. And everybody needs something different. Well, I think I think you could very easily translate everything you just said to someone that has, I don't know how you compare. Uh, uh, the, that level of success that you've seen where only 21 ever have, have done what you've done in business or in relationships and life and many other areas, but it would probably very easily translate in terms of the teams that we're building, which we're going to get more into that as, as this conversation evolves. But I want to, I want to come back to what you asked in terms of the relationship with the kids. Cause I often have these moments. We've got four kids at home from 17 down to four. And I often have these moments where I feel like who's parenting who here. Yeah. You guys are playing zone defense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even play man to man anymore. No way. And, and in a good way, right? Like, sure. you know, my, my oldest sometimes makes us, you know, maybe that's not so much in a good way yeah. as parenting who, but oftentimes I'll get, when I'm really paying attention, hopefully sometimes, you know, this comes more natural than it does others. But the question I have is you, you talked about your relationship with the kids. Like think about a couple of the moments this year where you had that kind of experience who, you know, where you're learning maybe even more than they are in those moments from them than vice versa. Oh man, there's some great ones. Uh, off the top of my head, Trent McNeil, T Rex, the chubby kid with yeah, the glasses, yeah. you know that that everybody fell in love with. And we're sitting there after after he he pitched in the World Series. He threw a great game. And you, if you if you win, you go to the press conference and you get to take two players with you. If you lose, you go to the press conference by yourself as mm-hmm. a coach. So it's much more fun when you win. Um, <laughs> but it's you know it's a real press conference with people sh- shooting questions at yeah. you, that kind of stuff. So it's me. I'm sitting there, and, and um, Trent T Rex is sitting next to me, and they said, "How do you feel about your performance?" Mm-hmm. And and he's you know I get emotional just thinking about this. And if you watch the video back, you can see me kind of look like, "Oh my God, this kid is only 12." But he said, "You know, a lot of kids that look like me." don't think that they can go out and do this because I don't look like a typical athlete. I love it. He said, but I just want to show that if you work hard and you believe in yourself, you can, you can do it. And he's right. He's the nerdy kid. He's chubby. He's, you know, he's probably been bullied a lot. And at that moment, all those people wanted to be him, Mm. you know, people that made fun of him. What you want to be that guy. What a moment. And for him to say that you in, in the press conference, you see me, I just look at him like, what did you say to him after after the press we, conference? We walked out of the press conference, and I just gave him a hug. Yeah. You know, 
what, what else can you do? I mean, <laughs> also, you know, when when I pulled him out of that game, I don't know if you remember that game, but uh, I went to take him out of the game because he was at a pitch limit, and he, he looked at me and uh, he said, um, he said, Coach, out of all the things in the world he could have said in a real close game, the first that's this is the first game of the entire. We were the opening game of mm. the United States side. Oh wow! There's twenty five thousand people there. There's over a million people watching this on TV. Okay. And the one thing he says is, Coach, do you think I can keep the game ball? <laughs> and I, I just remember they're 12. They're 12. Just, yeah. and, I, and I looked at him and I just said, Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you can't keep the game ball. I said, I love you, T Rex. Give me a hug. And we hugged right there on the mound <laughs> and, and walked off together. And it was just, you, you realize, man, that they're 12. They're having fun, but you learn a lot. I mean, so you know what that took me to? And, and before we kind of wind down this, this part of the conversation, um, you know what it took me to in that moment, and there's probably other moments that you could share, and maybe you will, but it took me to the end of Karate Kid, and yeah. where Daniel is in the back room, they've they've either they are about to, maybe they've about to call the match, and Miyagi tells him, um, you know, it's okay, like you, it's fine, you just you don't have to go do this. There's nothing left and, to prove. And he said, he said, well, do you think I would have won? And yeah. Miyagi says, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And he goes, no, no. Like, I, do you think I would have won? And Miyagi says, yes, <laughs> you would have won. Right? Yeah. So that was that moment, right, yeah. where it's like he's coming to you and I'm, you know, could go on about, you know, the 12-year-old boys and, and, you know, the validation they're looking for, certainly from coaches and dads and others in their life. But that kind of moment and that you are put in a position where you can answer that question for him is – Powerful and important. Yeah, that kid that kid changed my life forever. Mm. That's super cool. Well, I think it illustrates the power of a coach-athlete relationship, right? Sure. I mean, to affirm and validate the worth of potential in him in such a clear way that he sees it for himself. That that came from what you put into him throughout that, that entire process. Stay, stay with us as we continue to talk about legacy and baseball and uh, and two guys from Georgia and one guy from Alabama who, who wants to continue to talk about legacy and football. I'm Colby Jubenville for John Byers and for Randy Huth. This is the Go Consulting Podcast. Oh.